Thank y'all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. Want to give a big shout out to Par Hopper, our official golf apparel sponsor for the show. Thank you, Jay Piper. Uh, Nobles Networking, Williams Tire, and uh, all the corporate businesses that we had. Like I tell you every time, it's weird at DraftKings, that Geico, that State Farm is a sponsor of this show. It is uh, it's still weird. Uh, shout out to Red Circle for putting some change in my pocket. That's the management company. We sure appreciate it. Uh, everybody that listens to the show knows I'm a huge sports fan. And today I have got the most, uh, the biggest person we've had on sports so far. And uh, I already can tell you I like this person. I started following her on TikTok. And uh, next thing I knew, she had a bronze medal around her neck from the 2020 Olympic Games for softball. I want to introduce y'all to Miss Danielle Laurie. How are you doing today, ma'am? I'm doing great. I'm stoked to be on this with you, especially you're saying I'm the biggest sports person you've had on here. I'm pretty proud. Well, we uh we just haven't had a lot of sports guests yet. Like I I yeah. usually book comedians, people that have a uh, huge TikTok followings, stuff like that. Which yeah. you you have a you have a good TikTok following, and uh, also on Instagram. But when I ran across you, I was like, oh, I'm diving in her DMs. There's no way that I'm not just gonna try to hit her up. <laughs> and see about her being on the show. So you know what's so funny? I have TikTok forever, and we got with Team Canada, and over the course of the last couple of months, I've seen my teammates go on it, and I was like, oh, just before we left for Japan, I was like, I'm just going to make a TikTok. Like, why not? And I had posted, thrown to that college kid, and all of a sudden it, like, blew up. Like, people want to see softball stuff. So, Man, it has been so fun to get on there. It kind of calmed the nerves a little bit, getting to watch funny TikToks on the bus on the way to games. So I'm stoked that I kind of got into it. I didn't understand it at first, but now it's all that I know. <laughs> I still don't understand it. I didn't want to have a TikTok. I got made to have a TikTok. And now it's just so good for business and getting your brand and everything out there. Plus, you get to watch a lot of stupid shit. Yes, and it's uh, the best. I, I'm surprised that uh, I saw a photo of you and a teammate on Instagram. Uh, it was the back-to-back -back picture. Your social media didn't blow up when y'all posted that? No, but my social media has seen me be all about, like, women empowerment, being able to post, being strong and beautiful. So people are used to it, seeing it on my end. Um but yeah, I mean, now's the time, right? Let's absolutely put that out there. We should take one with medals around our neck. I don't know. I've always been such a big fan of the Sports Illustrated body issues that they do for the athletes. That was one of the coolest things about going to the Olympics, right? It's like there's no one size fits all. And that is what is so beautiful about sports. It's it's completely different body types. And it is amazing that you can be the best in the world and you can be almost 200 pounds or you can be 100 pounds. That's what I always love about sports. Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of that. The swimsuit editions, uh, of course, I'm a guy, so you like looking at the women. But I always like when they had the plus-size men on there. I always dug seeing the big linemen or whatever yeah. they were, the shot-put throwers that looked like me. And it's like, oh, they're athletes too. Totally. I love that. And their vulnerability to be able to do that, like it definitely – I know – obviously some of the athletes like Lauren Chamberlain was one of kind of the first ones with softball that was on the cover. Who's just a thick girl and owns it and embraces it. And I think taking steps and being able to do that is so important for like the younger generation of people that 
are so much about social media where it almost could take away from like, what's normal to look like? Normal is strong. Normal is, it's okay to be thick. Those are the things that help you in your life, not striving to be less than a hundred pounds and thinking that that is the way to a successful life. So anytime that I get the opportunity to let people know about that stuff and body positivity, having two little girls, I mean, that is high on my priority list with how much social media plays into today's day. Yeah. With my daughter being 10, that is one thing that I try my best to teach her. Uh, one, uh, I don't, I haven't let her get her ears pierced yet and I won't let her wear makeup because I want her to know what it's like to be beautiful without those things before she starts to use them. I want her to feel good about herself as she is. And then later on in life, if she wants to do that stuff for herself, not for others, I'm cool with it. But until yep. she like, actually feels good about herself and her own skin. Uh, yeah. And by the way, thick is the way to go. Like, uh, 100%. I don't understand why people want to be skinny. Yeah. Well, it's, that's all that they see. That's why my kids aren't into social media and they won't be for a long time and they'll hate me for it. And that's too bad. But, um, I don't know. I just, there's a lot of people out there and their brand is not aligned with strong athletic people. Um, so I prefer to not look at stuff like that or be involved in stuff like that because I'm a thick, strong, probably one of the strongest girls in my sport. And I embrace that because the fact that I've been able to have two children and come back and play this game at the highest level, I mean, to me it just shows like how beautiful and brilliant our bodies are with what they can do and still allow you to play in the Olympics. So I'm all about it. Being strong is the way to go. I tell that to my kids all the time. I tell that to my oldest who is as strong as ever built like me. Um, and that's the way that I tell her that this is how we want to look. We want to be able to beat people up, not get beaten up. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, I absolutely, so, I love that. I, I say all the time, I want Gracie to be a Viking queen. Viking queens didn't weigh a hundred pounds. They, yeah. they could, they could kick the man, men's ass just like anybody else could. Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, tell me about, I guess, uh, first off, if you don't mind me asking, now you're not supposed to ask a woman this, but how old are you? I am 34. Oh, when's your birthday? Meaning it's the same age. April 11th, 1987. Okay. Well, I'm uh, September the 10th, 1987, so you're a little bit older than me. But uh, not not much. Uh, I don't think I look older, but... I know, you look way younger than me. I've aged yeah, horribly. <laughs> I, have, I have aged horribly. Uh, so, have you always lived in Canada? We'll get started there. No, um, I have not been in Canada since my freshman year at the University of Washington. So since I was 18 years old, I've been in the United States. I've gone home to go visit and stuff, but um, I have not been back home. Um, I played overseas, obviously, in Japan and the U.S. Pro League. I've kind of been around all over the place. Um, so, yeah, since I 18 was the last time that I've lived with my parents. What is it like being a professional softball player? Because I didn't know. I knew there was like leagues overseas, and I knew there was kind of some leagues here. Uh, mm -hmm. Is it just like every other sport that they pay better overseas? Oh, for sure. Japan, um, those were some of the best memories that I've had playing the game where you can get paid well over six figures to play softball, which is unheard of in the U.S., right? So getting that opportunity, especially kind of fresh out of college, um, was huge for me to start my life, to be able to make some good money. Right. Cause when you graduate college, it's like, Oh, now I'm expected to like move on to the next phase of my life. Well, I'm 22, 23 years old. I don't know what the hell I want to do yet. So for me to be able to go over there and play the sport I love, make some good money, 
you know, I was fortunate enough to meet my husband in 2010, but you know, to bank up on that money to be able to start our life was huge. Just like the littlest things that you don't get the luxury of doing in the women's U.S. Pro League. Um, now they've started this league, Athletes Unlimited, which I commentate for, which is an amazing opportunity for these women where they're going to be able to start, you know, getting paid what they're worth. Um, but I've had the ups and downs with the U.S. Pro League, and it is no longer going to be around, which I just read about, which sucks because when you have two little girls, and not that I'm going to force them to play softball, but if I saw them grow in this game, it's like, okay, well, what's the next option for them when they're done college? Do Will the Olympics be in full swing? Will they be able to play professionally? Like, I don't want them to have to start their life too early. I want them to enjoy whatever it is that they're doing and not feel the pressure of, okay, go get a nine to five. Now you're on your own. Now you got to go pay your bills. Like, I've been so fortunate for this sport to allow for me to do a lot of cool things. Um, and I, I, I mean, I'm not the woman that I am today or the mother or wife without the game of softball. Is, is, hus is hubby a athlete? He was. He was a, a pro baseball guy. I met him in 2010. He was playing in AAA. And our pro team was playing in Round Rock. And we actually met through a mutual friend who played baseball for Team Canada in the Olympics in 08. So we had kind of matched up that way. And we have been together since September of 2010. I just want, you to, I just want you to know I hate <laughs> y'all because that's the love story I always wanted. It's that, that yes, was a, it, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's been – it's these last four years have been challenging. But um, – the one thing that I will always say that I've seen in my mom and dad, it's like, man, when you choose to get married, it's like choosing a teammate for life. You may not always agree on the same things or always be on the same page, but at the end of the day, like I need a teammate that is willing to, to go through the hard, the good and the best stuff. And he's definitely been so supportive. Not many guys will let their wives leave for 70 plus days to pursue this Olympic dream um so the selflessness that he has been able to show he's the real mvp i've just been lucky to go out on the field and perform but he's held it down not many guys can do that that's cool i have watched uh, i don't know if you've seen the video but there's been a lot of men that have been in, well i guess there's more but the nfl has been recording the men as they watch their wives compete like in track and field uh, and other things yeah the other day, I, the, whoever the Lions quarterback is, he got to watch his wife win the 100 meters. And I'm, my fat ass is crying as I'm watching him as he's getting all jacked up for his wife and, like, rooting I her know. on. I do. It's the coolest thing. I, I appreciate I that know. so much. Oh, my God. It is just – this is why the Olympics are so special, right? It's like every four years – this is obviously every five years because you throw in that pandemic, but – just collectively the world's eyes are on you and there's just such big moments and obviously friends and family can't go watch. So the importance of like your family getting to sit and tune in to watch you at the highest level is, was a huge driving force for me. Right. It's like, I know my little girls are watching my husband's watching my friends and family. They can't be here, but I totally felt them um, more than I, than I thought that I would. And it was a little bit more of a business trip mentality than it was when I went to the Olympics 13 years ago, because we just didn't get to see those little eyes in the stands or get hugs after games, but FaceTime after every single game and connect up with them because I know that they're living vicariously through me every single pitch. So the importance of me to connect with them and let them know their first thing on mama's mind when she's out there in the circle was so important 
for me to relay to them, especially after every game. What is it like striking people out at the Olympics? <laughs> you know, it's like, I will say, I really noticed those last strikeouts in that bronze medal game and just like how adrenaline filled, how freaking cool that moment was of just, you know, I've struck a lot of people out in my life, but when you're doing it and you finally like get that last one and you end on a strikeout and everyone gets to run in and you're just like the adrenaline of making history for your country. I mean, it's the first medal softball has ever gotten was like so special. And I keep telling everyone, it's like almost as if the world stood still for two to three minutes because everyone you know and love is perfectly okay at home watching like all the work that you've done over the course of your life. And especially the last couple of years has all come to play. And as we all know with sport, and I keep saying, it's like, you're never guaranteed anything in it, but you're guaranteed that like shitty grind work that no one wants to do in hopes that it's enough for those moments in time. And like, for me, when we finally won, it's just like the stars aligned in the moment. And you're like, damn, those days of tears in my eyes because I didn't want to do it or crying because I was away from my family for like months on end, like all of it was worth it. And I just, sports is for me, it's like, it's so much karma. What you get into it and put into it is what you get out of it. And it just made me proud to know that like, we got rewarded for the work. Not a lot of people get rewarded for the work. I saw your TikTok where you said that you got to be kind of crazy to train for four years just for how many games? Six or seven? And Six uh, games. Six games. That is ridiculous when you think – when you put it in retrospect, that is insane. Isn't it insane? It's like – and that's the stuff you think about when you are training because you're like – not only is this the most pressure-filled Olympic Games ever for our sport, because softball had been out for 13 years, but on top of it, you're facing adversity in the sense where if you lose a game, you shouldn't. That's your medal chance is completely gone. So the importance is like when you're training, especially on your own and what I've had to learn and what I've always completely dug about myself, it's like I make stuff as shitty and hard on myself as I possibly can. So when the moments are tough and thick and a lot of people want to bail because they don't want to do it, I know what I've put in the bucket, the hay in the barn, however you want to say it. I know what I've done to fully be okay with whatever the outcome's going to be at the end of it. And that's why I've always just loved sport, man. It's like, I just love the hard, hard stuff. And when you get in those moments and you're a part of great historic moments and I've been a part of two, the national championship at Washington, which was the first, and then now the first medal for Canada for women's softball, like to be a part of that, it makes you realize that like, it's worth every blood, sweat and tear, but those are also the defining moments that make us who we are. And we're so fortunate for that because we're not the badass people we are. If it's not for those moments where you got to grind the gears and push on the gas and just continue to keep going. Yeah, uh, I 100% agree with you. I think sports teach you so much about life, regardless of what level you're at. There was a video that I made on TikTok that I think it got like close to a million views or whatever, but it's me and my daughter at the softball field. And it's me and her just practicing one day. And uh, it's summer heat and she throws up. And I video her, like her kneeling down, throwing up or whatever. And I told her, I was like, Gracie, this is where champions are made. Like this is where you have to be able to push through this. The people who end up being great at sports and learn life lessons are the ones that push through the adversity to keep growing. And uh, I told her, 
And they, they, everybody commented on it. It was so funny. I said, just throw up. It's good for you. And uh, people don't understand that mentality. It, you have to be tough in this day and age, especially women. And women like you ought to be the example setters. I mean, you are in my mind, by the way. I, I don't know if I worded that right. But <laughs> women like you should be what all little girls look up to, I guess is what I'm saying. Because you're just a strong, badass woman. And that's what we need right now. I dig that. I mean, I there was a video that went out maybe a week and a half, two weeks before the Olympics started, where Good Morning America had posted the TikTok of me and Maddie running. And um, so they posted it on all their social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, everything. And, you know, thinking that that was going to be a cool thing, especially being an Olympian and joking around and saying, like, this is what it's like training with an negativity that I got I've never in my life faced anything like that not to where it was taking me away from what I was doing like it wasn't like that but you know we always continue to keep talking like women support women like we want strong role models the amount of people that like said the nastiest names and dms I got hundreds of dms calling me like the worst names known to man that my kids should get taken away that they're gonna call you know, CPS or whatever it is to get my kids taken away. And like, I'm reading these comments and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking like, number one, if this was a male Olympian training with his son, doing the exact damn thing, no one would say a thing, but because it's a mother who is pushing her child a little bit to push through something that is important to teach our kids. That's what we do. We don't give up. I get, you know, torched for it from all the other moms out there. And what I learned throughout all of it is number one, I, it really doesn't affect me that much, but my job is to raise children to destroy people like y'all in the comments. Like that's yeah. my job. My job isn't to listen to, Oh, I'm such a bad mom, but it's like, that's the thing with social media these days, right? Like it's, I steer clear. I really try to just stay in my lane as far as like what I'm passionate about. And that's obviously my family and the game and stuff like that. But Man, mamas can get you hey, real I'll quick. Tell, I have a theory on the people that made those comments. So they're the ones growing up, and I, I don't mean this in a, in a bad way towards people, but one thing about sports, it weeds out the weak, and a lot of the people that make those nasty comments were the weak that got weeded out. They're the ones that wasn't good enough to cut it. They're the ones that just wasn't athletic. They're the ones who don't understand the lesson that your child's learning in that video because they never did it. More than likely, they're unhappy with their life. Or maybe they're not unhappy, but they just don't understand from an athlete's point of view. And then yeah. they want to belittle you. They want to be ugly to you. Because the thing is, they probably can't do the workout that your child's doing. No. <laughs> True. No, I'm, I'm totally with you. I I was really proud of myself when just before the Olympics started, I just said to, to me and the team, like, I was like, I need to get off all social media for these games. Cause not only is this the most intense pressure filled situation with an Olympics that not a lot of people want to go on as is. I said, knowing that the game is ending for me and it's the last time I'm ever going to play. Like I owe it to the sport to be fully where my feet are and not thinking outside of the box, but family team. And that's it. And so the whole time that the Olympics was on and days leading up, like I was off all, except for TikTok because I needed a good laugh, but like <laughs> no Instagram, no DMs, no Twitter, like, and I completely cut that off. And it was the healthiest mindset that I've been in in a really long time because 
All I worried about is the family good at home. Yes. Boom. Present with the team. That's all that matters. It was awesome. Yeah. Social media is a curse and a blessing. Uh, it is without a doubt. It is. <laughs> is one thing I like to say is our social media is supposed to be a reflection of us. We're not supposed to be a reflection of our social media that we yeah. get sucked into it sometimes. And I'm just as guilty of it as anything. But one thing I've learned to do is when I post something that might be controversial or somebody might have a negative comment about, I turn my notifications off on that. I don't turn it to where people cannot comment because I don't want to take away anybody's freedom of speech. I want everybody to put their opinions out. But if I post something and I know that it's coming from a good place, a sincere place, that there's no hate or ugliness attached to it, then I really don't give a damn what you say about it anymore. It took me a long time to learn that, but it's it's the truth. You're never going to make everybody happy with whatever you post. It don't matter. And I'm very, and that's one thing, like I am always fully aware of what I'm putting out there because one person can take it and it's there for the rest of your life right so it's like I take such a responsibility in what I put out to the world because I know it can affect my family I know it can affect my job I know that there's a big responsibility behind that so I do I really think and make sure that anything I put out there to the world is okay like and I know it's a platform for people to go and say and put anything they want out there because a lot of the time they don't have to take responsibility for what they choose to say but it's like when we at times have to deal with like people coming at us that hide behind a screen and can say whatever the hell they want to say. And it's like, well, why would I even defend myself against someone that clearly has no business sliding into these DMs, but has zero understanding of my mindset or why I would even be thinking this way. So I've, I'm proud of myself for how I've learned to just like use social media for what it is, because I have a hell of a lot of amazing people that have supported me from the beginning to where I'm at now. And I love being able to keep them involved with whatever it is, whether it's sports, broadcasting, family. Um, and I try to continue to keep looking at it as, as that, the light to help those people dive in. And if I motivate a couple mamas throughout the way that wanna you know, put themselves first for a little bit or something like that, I, I'm all about it, but I am not about the negativity and I just block my- Oh, I dig you. No I 100% <laughs> dig you, dude. You are, uh, you're what, like, and I, and I mean this from bottom of my heart, you're what I hope Gracie grows up to be. You're saying mindset, everything that you have, because it's just that you can just tell you are uh, a strong, badass woman, and you don't have to Thank just you. constantly say, I'm a strong, badass woman. I mean, it, you, you. you radiate it. Um, let me ask you, you, what you kind of touched on it right there. What, how do you feel with a bunch of these athletes that are getting canceled now from something that they posted 10 years ago as a child before they, before they even knew who they were or what was right, yeah. what was wrong? How, how do you feel about that? Man, I'll keep it short and sweet. It, that breaks my heart. It really does. Because they just, 10 years ago, you don't know what you were doing on a Tuesday, January 2nd. You don't know. And it's, that's why it is so important and I, why my kids will not have social media. But anytime I interact with women in this sport that are wanting to get a scholarship or wanting to play at the highest level, like when I used to give lessons all the time, my first thing I say to them is like, make sure you watch and have somebody else helping you with social media because it can destroy you in a second. A college coach can look at that and take it and say wow, this is the best athlete in the world, but seeing what she posts on social, I want no part of that. She can't be a part of 
this, this family. So that breaks my heart for a lot of these women, because at the end of the day, how I look at it is it comes down to the parents. Like as a parent, my job is to make sure I protect my kids and set them up in the best ways to be successful, not giving them this free to post whatever they want on social media. Their lives are in ruins because I even had those moments of like, I need to go back and check what I posted in 2010 on Twitter in college because I, I, I can't even go back that far to look. But it always runs through my head. And every time I see something pop up on an athlete where they get fired from something over it, it literally like my heart like hurts for them because I know how much you grow and evolve. Like I look at the woman I was in 2008 at the Olympics to the woman that I am now 13 years later, like it is night and day, right? It's crazy. Yeah, I have a huge problem with it. Just if you start, which does not start, they already have canceled a lot of people. It's pretty much saying you don't believe in growth. It's pretty much saying that you were supposed to be perfect from birth that every decision that you've made since you were a child was supposed to be the right decision. You know, we're supposed to make a lot of bad decisions. We're, we're, if not, how do you learn? Uh, a lot of us are hard-headed. I'm extremely hard-headed. Uh, I, I have not, even with the contracts and stuff that I have now, I won't go back and check. But I tell people before they sign me to anything that, look, I probably said some dumb shit. But I've grown yeah. from it. It makes It's made me who the person I am now because sometimes you post dumb stuff and you get the other side of the argument. And when you get the other side of the argument, it takes you from being ignorant or oblivious to a situation to actually gaining knowledge. People canceling folks from stuff that was way long ago, it just makes no sense to me. It's saying that we just don't care about growth and people becoming better people. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's why people just need to be fully aware that when you press that send button, it is going out to the whole entire world. It's not just going out to your friends that you think are following you. Um, so, I mean, I've been lucky enough to learn a lot about that in my job with, with the commentary and just making sure we're fully aware of who we are putting our stuff out there to. Because it's just one wrong thing, man. You lose your job and your whole life and everything you've worked for is just taken away from you. So... I mean, people that are tuning into this and listening with kids, it's like you have to be so fully aware and check and what are they doing? What accounts do they have behind your back where they're potentially putting stuff out there to the world that could potentially hurt them moving forward with whatever it is they choose to do? There's such a big thing that could happen if, it's, if it doesn't align with someone else's views. It's, it's sad. It is very sad. What was it like being I, I guess this one thing I've always wanted to know and you got first hand experience. What's it like being like with the Olympic Village and all that? What's that experience like? Man, it it's a really kind of surreal moment, right? Like in 2008, I got to go in a non pandemic Olympics. So we're talking like, just this sounds really bad, but you at 21 years old, like looking at the, these male athletes, like you are literally like, where's like Hercules? Like it just, the cream <laughs> of the crop. And it's now it's so different, right? Like with the mindset mom, like all of these things, but going to the Olympic village this year felt like finally we were able to like do it. Like finally, like everything aligned to make it where like this dream for a lot of my teammates that have been on the team for 12 years, haven't got to experience. Like 
you're walking around and seeing like all these super tall buildings with flags all over it. And you're seeing all these different shapes and sizes of athletes and all these different languages. And, um, you know, the, even the cafeteria, like going in upstairs was maybe two, maybe a football field and a half big. And downstairs was a full football field size where all the athletes can sit and eat. And I mean, we're talking about it being a little different. We're getting COVID tested every single day. We are having to sit in a cafeteria behind these shields. And it was definitely like different. But to me, it was like ignorance is bliss with a lot of these women that have not got to even go to an Olympics yet. So this is their Olympic experience. And I can't keep saying to them like, oh man, 08 was so much better as far as like not in a pandemic. But this was the coolest thing because for the first time in my whole entire life, I really worked to the max level that I possibly could have and grew more than I ever thought. So it's almost like you appreciate it a hundred times more. And my love for the game grew a hundred times more. And I think that's why it was so special when we won, because it's just like, dude, we're here, we're experiencing it. This four years of work actually came to a head and we get to leave with a medal around our necks to go show our families and our biggest supporters. And it's just one of the coolest you know, a week and a half of my life that I got to be a part of. I would imagine as shitty as it probably is having to deal with the COVID restrictions while you were there, I would imagine it does give you tunnel vision on what you're there for, though. Business trip, like all the way. And that, like, that was the, the coolest part about it, but also what made it sad, too, was that you don't have family and you don't have friends and your people that are there but it makes it even more serious to like lock it in and get your shit done. Okay. We're here for six games of work day in and day out. Give to the team, be your selfless self. And if we do everything we're supposed to do, we're going to be in a good place to be able to compete for, for a medal. And I think that's what our team did such a good job with. And we were fortunate enough to have four of us that went to the Olympics 13 years ago. So obviously that experience plays a factor in just being able to calm the nerves on the highest level um, and biggest stage. But, yeah, it just went by like that to think from <laughs> the time we went in to the time it was done. I mean, we were in and out in eight days. Did uh, did you fangirl out with anybody there? Man, the, I'm trying to think of, like, the only – I was I was more bummed that I couldn't see the, the soccer player. So I really wanted to meet Carly Lloyd with U.S. Soccer. Um, and I really wanted to meet Christine Sinclair because I just think they're the two baddest chicks alive right now. Yeah. Um, I saw Yao Ming, but I got to see Yao Ming in 2008. Um, I saw a couple baseball guys. I saw Jose Batista and got to talk with him a little bit. He played with my brother with the Blue Jays. Um, oh, that's cool. But a lot of, a of lot course, of your of course, your brother was an MLB baseball player. He was an MLB guy. Yeah, he played with the Blue Jays. I think he was in the the bigs for like six years or seven years. You mind me asking his name? Brett Laurie. Center fielder? Uh, no, that's – I want to say that's Jed Laurie. Okay. Uh, my brother played, played third base. Okay. Yeah. I, I, th- I, don't, I don't know if you remember. He was the guy that threw the helmet down and it hit the umpire and it literally went viral. That was no, bad. Good I think I no liked TikTok. your brother. I think I liked your brother, to be honest you with probably, you. He I'm was lo- the tatted kid and – No, I'm looking him up. Like, yeah. If your brother's who I just saw a glimpse of, uh, actually, you know, it's funny. When I went to go pull up images of him, it came up in images of you. Oh, because I'm the better athlete, so I would assume. Uh, I remember your brother. Your brother's a badass. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I remember your brother being scary. A lot uh, of people have that thought of him, but when you're actually with him in person, he's totally not that way, which is so funny. You're going to have to tell him that you did this so I can get him on my show. I will try my very best. He's a tough guy to get a hold of, but I will. Well, if you, if you can't, that's fine. I just, uh, I'm a, I'm a big baseball softball guy and having brother and yeah. sister on here. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, well, let, let me ask you. I'm going to ask you a couple of difficult ones about the kind of the headlines around the Olympics this year, even though, by the way, okay. I don't think that the negative stuff at the Olympics should have been the headline. I think it should have been the athletes. I hate that yeah, the media take, takes the bullshit, and that's what they want to publicize. So to yeah. you and all your teammates, all your hard work, I hate that some stuff gets overshadowed because of, of bullshit, but it's just, it's just the media. What did you think about the Simone Baez situation with her going home and, and all of that? <sighs> Yeah. Um, that is one thing that I will always like stand behind is how somebody mentally knows where they're at and choosing to stand up for themselves. Yep. Um, I watched this documentary called the weight of gold that talked about Olympic athletes, mental health and the Tokyo games and just everything that athletes go through. And the one thing that people need to realize, it's like, if you're not willing to do what those athletes, Opinions don't matter when it comes to their mental health. It just does not. Because you have not walked a day in our shoes. And people think that they should be able to say everything that they want about someone if they win or lose, good and bad. But at the end of the day, like, we are human beings. Or not I'm a human. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. Those things before me being a study that has the balls to stand up and else and say, I'm not a good base. I'm not ready to compete or to do something. She would land on her head. Think about that. Like if you're already telling yourself as a gymnast, when you're doing a routine that you're going to fall on your head, she'd kill herself. All of those things. Like she's 24 years old. She's standing up for herself. And I think that's the most badass thing that she could have done because she opened the door for athletes to know that it's okay to struggle because we are humans. And yep. yes, we are incredible at what we do because we put forth that effort to try to be great at it, but it's okay to struggle and it's okay to tell people that you're struggling. And I dig it that she was able to do that. We, uh, I actually here at the studio, we don't record it or monetize or anything. I teach a mental health class. Um, I'm a suicide survivor from 10 years ago. Uh, it's one of the, it's one of the best and worst things that ever happened to me because it, uh, it taught me who I was and it taught me a lot about a lot of things in this world. But I'm always – I just got done watching the way to the, the gold, too. That, that's one of the reasons why I asked you that question um, is because that documentary yeah. is so, so good. And you do get a look into what you go through as an Olympic athlete, and it, it is rough. And unless you've – I have, like, a rule of everything that I do in life. You don't ask somebody a question unless they've been through it. I don't ask anybody yeah. how they feel about the military unless you served. I don't ask anybody how they feel really about politics unless you've been a politician. Same thing with athletes because you, you don't know somebody's shoes until you walk in it. And let me tell you, I, I, I feel bad for the girl. I feel bad for them making her feel like she had to be perfect and that in everything. That documentary it just opens your eyes into you're literally Olympic athletes are the only ones that do it for the actual love of the sport. They're, yeah. they're, the, they're the only ones that 100% do it because they love the sport and they're proud of it. You're not getting paid huge bucks 
or anything like that. You you have to be out there because you want to be and because you love it. And there's something there's something that's just great about that. But uh, I, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, it was that was a. I had like tears in my eyes watching that documentary, and my daughter was watching it with me too. And she would just continue to keep talking about like why these athletes were so sad. And I even said to my husband, like after I watched the documentary, it's like I want to push my kids to be great, but I want them to know that there's other things outside of it just being your sport because it just to me watching that documentary just shows that it's like that's all that we do is is eat and breathe this sport and then when you're done and you close that chapter like whoa now what like I'm 25 28 30 years old now I have to start my life but it's almost like you're putting me back to the beginning where I have to figure out who I am because I don't know who I am without that sport and um, it just it just opens your eyes to all of it. The pressures of competing, how you're thrown to the side if you don't win an Olympic gold medal, how you literally make no money unless you're at the tier top of 1%, like the Michael Phelps and stuff like that. But Yet he, again, kudos to the athletes that get to put it out there, though, because it's important for everyone to know. But even him, he seems miserable. <laughs> he does. It's... But, like, hearing him say that he's working on himself and going to therapy and, like, putting in that work, like, it's it's not an easy road. And I have not had to deal with, luckily, anything that's been as hardcore as that. But I've gone through my ups and downs in sport of, like, feeling depressed or feeling like I need to be something for everybody else to make everyone else and, and appease other people but myself. And I've just learned the more that I – have been involved in sport and played at the high level. It's like, what can I control? How hard I choose to work. I can't work for anybody else but myself. So how other people choose to view me or see me for what I do does not matter. And it's taken a long road to get to this point, but we're just in such a, a world where anything and everything you do can be magnified and, and used against you. So it's like, as long as I stay true to what and how I've been raised, if I go down on that, I go down on that. Yeah, if you're uh, also if you like that documentary, um, you need to watch the Quiet Storm, the Ron Artest story. Uh, okay. He deals with a lot of mental health issues, and his story is absolutely uh, it's absolutely amazing. I think you'd love it. Um, okay. Awesome. The other the other one I wanted to ask you about is uh the I think it was the Sweden uh, volleyball team where they decided that they were not going to wear the bikini bottoms. They wanted to wear shorts because they didn't want to be sexualized they didn't understand why the men could wear shorts but they had to wear the bikini bottoms and uh they got fined they got they got penalized for it do you feel like as, as a woman in sports that you are sexualized more and it's kind of like let's dress her up throw her out there and you know let, let, let's pay more attention to her sexuality than the men well I'm not going to say so much in my sport because we're wearing the full unis. I mean, yeah. we're not having to do anything like that, but like thinking about those athletes and having to deal with something like that, like if they don't want to wear bikini bodies, don't get me wrong. Every single one of those like ladies playing has a banging body. Like oh, absolutely. they are working to like, yeah, no, I mean, as, as, as far as like being a woman in the sport, like in that with the beach volleyball and them and how legit and strong and great they look at the end of the day it comes down to your comfort level with that and they do have rules as far as uniforms like with us if we wanted to change to shorts we wouldn't be allowed to you have to it has to be almost like a petition to put in to change it but 
at the end of the day, like, I feel like those women should be able to dress the way that they want to when it comes to pretty much taking off all your clothes in a situation like that. Don't get me wrong. I think they look beautiful, strong, stunning. Like it speaks for themselves how hard they work, but not everyone wants to showcase that. Not everyone wants the world to see that. They would rather watch me in my sport more so if I want to put on shorts and cover myself up a little bit. It doesn't take away from the athlete and the baller that I am when I'm playing my sport. Um, people are what they are and they view situations like that the way that they do. But I am always about someone standing up for what they believe in and how they feel like they should dress and what they want to do. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones out there diving and putting their, you know, lives out there to compete, to try to win an Olympic gold medal. So should be able to dress how they want. Well, I, I'm obviously not a woman, so I'm just going to speak from me guessing here. But I would think, uh, I mean, y- y'all can't help it that you're very attractive and you're an athlete. I mean, it just, you're, you're blessed. You got the best genetics that fucking anybody could ever have. Um, but the thing is, I think a lot of, once again, this is just my perspective. I think a lot of women don't want to be seen as attractive or unattractive. They want to be seen as a good athlete. And I think totally. that, that, I think that's why in that situation, they push so hard to where they were like, look, I want you to see that I've worked my ass off for the past five years to get here, four years to get here. And I don't want you to pay attention to how good I look. I want you to see that I'm good at this sport and that I'm just as good as anybody else. So I, I, I just don't like the over-sexualizing of it, aspect of it. I, I would rather see you be a good athlete than see you in a bikini bottom, I guess is what I'm saying. When do we as female athletes like, take a stand for stuff like that, right? Like, I'm so tired of it being thrown around that you're lucky to be here and like, well, you should be given your time because, you know, you're lucky. And like, but we don't get paid what other you know, you don't get paid what the MLB guys get paid. You, so it's like to continue to keep saying to people, well, they're playing for the love of the sport. I'll be damned. Like I'm playing because I love the sport, but I'm also a badass and I, I dig the environment and I thrive in pressure and I love it. But when that continues to get thrown at like female athletes, sometimes it's like, I'm so tired of playing this equal card where we're trying to strive to be equal. Like I'm just, I'm just done with that. I want to continue to put forth that fight, but I don't want people to keep saying to me, oh, you're playing for the love of the game. So much more than that. Like we work just as hard, if not harder than the, the dude athletes. They just get a big paycheck for it and we don't. But damn, if someone doesn't want to wear a bikini bottom because they feel like they want to cover themselves up to showcase how legit they are of an athlete, shame on those that like think they shouldn't be allowed to speak on a subject that has to do with their body and their athletic ability. And see, like, I was one of those that before my daughter came along, I I probably would have been on the opposite side of this argument. I would have probably been like, hey, like, this is the rules. This is the rules. This way it's always been. Just go along with the rules. But uh, raising a little badass like I'm trying to, I now, I now see the other side of the argument. And I hate that I ever had that mindset before. Like, you're, you're not lucky to be there. You're, you earned that spot. You you should get just as much notoriety as anybody else in any other sport. You're literally the best of the best in the world. And that's what you should be showcased for. Nothing else. Preach. But uh, you know what? Um, I very, very much appreciate you doing this. I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Um, Just tell me this before, before we go. 
What was it like knowing that this was your last Olympic Games and you got to bring home a medal? Yeah, I think, you know, one thing as athletes you're not always guaranteed is to know when you retire or when you're going to hang up your cleats. And I think for me, like knowing over the course of the last couple of months that there were so many lasts coming my way, last practice, you know, last bullpen, like soaking up all these little moments of getting to hang out with my teammates day in and day out who are some of my bestest friends in the world, like, that shit I'm never going to get back in my entire life. So for the first time in this sport over the last couple of months, like I've been fully where my feet are at every single opportunity being present, knowing I'm 70 plus days away from my family means I have to be fully invested in what I'm doing and be present and enjoy the moment. And I can honestly say that, like I left no stone unturned throughout this journey of mine to give this team everything that I possibly can, because I owe it to the game because the game has given me so much and to be rewarded knowing like that we were able to win an Olympic medal for our country doesn't even matter the color. Yes. Did we want the gold medal? Hell yes. But we were able to still make history and do something so beautiful and amazing that a lot of people got to be a part of and witness and watch. And it was so special. And there was a lot of people that paved the way for this to happen. Not just the 15 athletes that were on the field that got to be a part of it, so many people before us that put us in this position to be where we're at. And man, I'm, I'm thankful to softball. I'm thankful for those people that like talked me off the ledge on my team multiple times and allowed for me to stick around. And uh, I will continue to love this game and try to leave it better than I found it, even though I'm not going to be playing it anymore, whether it's coaching my daughter, whether it's broadcasting in the booth, because um, I do owe this game a lot because it's given me a lot in return. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, last one. If you got any uh, single friends uh, that play softball, if they like bearded, chubby, ball-headed <laughs> talk show hosts, please send them this way. I love softball players. Okay. I will uh, put my thinking cap on. It's okay. You don't have I to. Do. I, it's okay. <laughs> I was only kind of playing unless you know one. Uh, but no, th thank you. I was trying to end it on a joke. It was just a bad joke. Totally joking too. I don't think I could ask my buddies if they wanted to hook up with someone that I've never met. I was I trying to roll with you. I don't blame you. You shouldn't. That's, that's how people get <laughs> ended up being on a Netflix documentary. Uh, yes, but, but no, uh, thank you. Just thank you for being the positive influence on little girls that you are. I, I wish there was a lot more like you on social media and, uh, your message is great. You're a great athlete. You're a great mother. Um, just thank you. Thank you for what you do. I very much appreciate it. And thank you for taking time out of your day to, to be on my show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Will you do me a favor and send me a TikTok DM with your profile so I can follow you on there? It's all so confusing on how to find people and like all of that. So then that way I can follow you on there and keep tabs. Good. Uh, that, that works for me. Uh, I'm going to tag you in a lot of stuff when this is over, when I get done editing this in a few minutes anyway, and I'll okay. send it to you that way. If you can share it on your social media, we'd be very grateful. Okay. And, uh, good. by the way, uh, send me, uh, your mailing address and I'm going to send you some shirts and let me know the kitties, awesome. let me know what size the kitties yes. wear and we'll send them okay. some stuff and uh, we'll trade, but thank you for uh, being awesome. on the show and, uh, best of luck to you and your family. Thank you. Yeah. It was so nice to get to meet you and chit chat and I appreciate you wanting to tell a little insight into my story. Yes, ma'am. Well, thank all y'all for listening okay. to politics, religion, and whiskey. We'll catch you next time.